Coast 104.5. Thank you for being up and at him in the morning. On the phone, Dr. Rene Bravo. He is a friend of the show. He is always so good at putting things in just a logical and easy way to understand uh, for us here as it relates to uh, everything medical, especially as it relates to COVID. Dr. Rene Bravo, it's great to have you up and at him in the morning. How you been, sir? I'm doing great, Adam. How about yourself? Really, really good. Just got off like a few days, like a long camping weekend thing. So my head's still a little bit like in the fog, but I feel good. I'm happy to be back. And a few days off with no service on the phone feels pretty good. <laughs> it really can refresh. Now, I'm definitely excited to to talk to you, but I'm a little bit scatterbrained today. I want to talk to you about a few things. Uh, okay. and, I know, and I know you're busy. Getting you in the morning live is 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 tough because I know you've got a really, really busy schedule. Breakthrough cases. Yeah. Breakthrough cases. Yeah. Now, th these are defined as, you know, cases you're vaccinated, but you get it anyways. How much should people worry about them? I mean, you see more articles about them, but I'm thinking, won't you get more breakthrough cases the more more people get vaccinated. Again, when do we get to a place where case numbers matter less than the amount of people that are actually dying of COVID? Talk about breakthrough cases in a way. And, and how bad are they really? Well, breakthrough cases are, 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 are sadly increasingly common. It looks like in this county it's about 20%. And, but they're not surprising, though, because one of the things about the vaccine, and this is a new vaccine, the question initially was how, uh, how strong was it going to be in terms of uh, maintaining protection. And what happens with a breakthrough case is that the individual that gets the vaccine, the immunity doesn't quite last as long and allows the variant or the, or the COVID to come through. Now, the good news, and, th and this is really good news, when you do have a breakthrough, it does diminish both the intensity and the mortality of the illness, which means, frankly, in English, it's not as bad. Right. And, and, and the chances of dying are still pretty low. Uh, I've become even less. I mean, very, not, very, very, a, very low, right? I mean, very low. Yes, yes. Uh, but but there are but there are exceptions to that the very elderly or the very immune compromised. So it does work in that regard. And 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 the, as of yesterday, it's, it's you know about eighty percent of the of those that are hospitalized in this county are still the unvaccinated. Right. So so that's solid. I mean. The inference is that you could avoid 80% of the hospitalizations that are better occurring now if you are vaccinated. So it's, it, it's, it's doing what it's supposed to do. And the other good news is we're starting to see the, 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 the frequency of the illness decline now uh, in the community. So maybe we've reached our peak and it's starting to plateau and come down. That's other good news coming out of this. Yeah, it seems like these things last, uh, you know, uh, maybe a chunk of months, two, three months. And you know, remember, now we're like on our third one. I mean, yeah. There was the UK variant. There was a South African. Uh, there's a Delta one that came from India. Um, it, it's really interesting. And what do you think of the... Um, the vaccine mandates. The president came out yesterday and, and had a very kind of, you know, a lot of people were like, whoa, you know, it's like um, the vaccine mandates got a lot of people going, oh, wow. I mean, is this is this the way to get people vaccinated? Do you think it will work? Do, do you think it creates kind of like a flashpoint? People are going to get angry and even be more obstinate about it because like you and I both are vaccinated. We encourage people to get vaccinated. I definitely have been on that side. But I also know that, like, I'm vaccinated. So. I'm protected. Like, I'm not interested in telling other people what they need to do with their body either. You know what I mean? Well, I, I'm with you there because uh, personally, and this is just my personal opinion, it's not anybody's policy or public health policy. I've always been more comfortable in peeping people making their decisions based on 
their own desires, knowledge, etc. Mm-hmm. We start. There's there's always this teenage rebellion in everybody that never goes away. That says when somebody makes me do something, I don't want to do it. Right. Um, and, and we all have that little that little germ inside of us. And mandates kind of play into that because I really think that it's better if people make this decision freely on their own volition. But the problem you run into, because I see both sides of the argument real clearly, the problem you run into when, you, when you're dealing with public health is that a decision like this really is a decision that affects other people. For example, if you um, choose to not wear a seatbelt because you're rebelling against you know, the, the transportation mandates, that everybody wears a seatbelt, right. and you get in an accident, you're going to be injured personally. But if you uh, choose to not vaccinate and you get the disease, then you run the risk of passing it to other people, then it affects other people. So that's kind of the logic and mandates as it exists. Now, that all being said, you know, I mean, I think it's going to be better if people voluntarily go to this. There's always going to be people, even with mandates, that feel that this is their own body and they're going to protect it. And and that's also a respectable viewpoint. But um, I'll tell you, I think it's, it's really important that public health make a clear and concise and effective argument as to why vaccination is necessary. That's why I've chosen to do this, because I think people need to get all the good information they can, because there is a ton of garbage information out there. Oh, my gosh. It's crazy. I have a niece who's, like, going to nursing school, and some of this stuff, like, she'll just find memes and post them, and I I, I reach out. And you want to do it in an uncle way where you're not being like, I'm like, look, got to be careful, because some of the stuff you're putting out there is just not True, and we talked to Dr. Well, Penny yeah, Bornstein yeah. on uh, the show a couple about a week or so ago. A couple things yeah. we learned. One, I was really curious because I want to see numbers. I want to know how many people who die w- when they're vaccinated because I know. Imagine it's so low. At the time, she said four, four people in Slow County had died. All of them were in a position of either being super old or like when we talk about immunocompromised. We're not talking about a fat person with high blood pressure. We're talking about someone who's old on chemotherapy with cancer right. or maybe they have AIDS. Right. I mean, like four people have died. So it shows that the vaccine is definitely doing what it's supposed to be doing. Another thing we learned with our conversation with Dr. Penny Bornstein was that, remember, this is all about a bunch of uh, risk reward kind of ratios. And the risks, the risks with the vaccine are far less than they are with actually getting COVID. Even if you get COVID and you're fine, the, the risks yeah. are far less with the vaccine. How, are you having luck helping more people get vaccinated yes um but th- there's there's a group that I, I that i've personally determined that will will not be convinced and and that's our own prerogative mm-hmm. but the there are people that are in the middle that are just waiting and biding time that are now saying look it's, it seems to be working uh we're seeing to be moving in that direction um i i really have resisted um going political with this because unfortunately right. that has harmed and not helped us exactly and exactly it, it really has hurt the, the situation because mm-hmm. i'm seeing some pretty insane things but um on, on the other hand people are people especially wrong the teens they're starting to wake up and say yeah this is a this we, we need to do this we need to move on with life um because the next exciting thing is coming you know and and and, and exciting means you know, it, 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 we're, we're about to hit the, the school-age kids, the 5 to 11 group. And personally, I mean, I, I think that's probably part of the reason why we saw a resurgence in the last uh, month or so, because it's, it, it's kind of flying in all places where kids are. Yeah. And uh, fortunately, we're not seeing um, complication rates 
at the, in, with kids as we as 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 uh, intensely as we saw with the adults. So even with the teens, the kids are doing better with this. So um, we're going to come back. We're going to talk to Dr. Bravo in a second. I want to ask about boosters. I know Pfizer did just say yes, their shots are are safe for kids as young as five. I want to know what your thoughts are on that. One more question sure. before we go to break. Um, a year ago, we would hear off. Oh, we get herd immunity. Uh, this will be good. This is what we need to get to, herd immunity. And everyone's like, oh, let's just get there. And that was like literally a goal. And it was like, is it 60, 65? The goalpost kind of moves 70. You know, California's got 75% of folks who are, are vaccinated. I think Slow County is definitely under that. Should It feels like herd immunity is kind of out the door. Should we just forget about herd immunity now? Oh, no, no, no. It's a concept that's valid. And the only problem with that is that we still have large swaths of the population that are very susceptible that it moves through. Those are the children. The hope is that if we're able to uh, protect or, or, or uh, delay movement of the virus through the, ch- the, the childhood population, that we indeed can achieve that where it becomes less and less frequent. The other thing that we didn't count on, and which is happening, is the variants. I mean, this virus is doing what viruses do. It's mutating. It's changing. And uh, so we have to stay in front of that also. But the lesson out of this is that no one, can, no one has a crystal ball that, 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 that's 100% in this thing. We're just learning as we go along. Isn't that the truth? We got Dr. Rene Bravo on the show. We're going to continue with him. We'll talk about if uh, he recommends, uh, as Pfizer says, hey, the, uh, the shot is safe for kids as young as five. We'll also talk about therapeutics because it seems as though we're trying to push the vaccine. Uh, therapeutics are also kind of a thing that are, are, are getting some, uh, some chit chat on them as well. It's uh, Coast 104.5. Dr. Renee Bravo is up and at him in the morning. This is up and at him. Coast 104.5, you're up and at him in the morning. He is Dr. Renee Bravo. Always love our conversations with him. We've been talking any and all things. We're going to post this on the web so you can get our um, our ans- his answers, rather, when we talk about should the kids get the vaccine. Pfizer just said that it is safe. Their, their vaccine is safe for kids as young as five. Uh, Dr. Bravo answered if he thinks... Uh, his patients should be getting that. We also talked about our conversation with Dr. Penny Borenstein. We talked about vaccine mandates and more. That's in the full conversation. We're wrapping up with Dr. Rene Bravo now. Let's talk about therapeutics for a minute. How come it seems like it's the therapeutics come out? It's so mixed. We sometimes folks dismiss them, and then sometimes you, you read and they, they kind of do okay work. People panned Regeneron for a while, and now it's huge and very helpful. And it feels like the same people who won't get the vaccine, they'll go to farm supply and buy ivermectin. I, I don't, I don't get it. But then again, it's like we talked, yeah. to, we talked to Dr. Penny Bornstein about ivermectin. Do you know any doctors that that are doing it? She says no. But then you look at like Joe Rogan. He said, "Look, ivermectin uh, won a Nobel Prize in 2015 for its work on humans." Sort this out for us. And is, is this just straight? horse dewormer or is there anything was there anything to the ivermectins the hydroxychloroquines and and the therapeutics that people panned well i'll tell you i'll give i'll give you a five thousand foot view on this yeah. this has been one of the most interesting phenomena that i have seen in the last year and a half where people who are who are consistently anti-medicine anti-authority anti-vaccine um suddenly become pro uh, medication uh, because they control the the use of that medication versus the quote establishment. It's just a manifestation of people being uh, um, unwary unwary of the establishment. And the, the the ivermectin, for example, that is actually a really 
good medication. It's a good anti-helminthic, we call it, or anti-parasitic. It's used for humans, like on river blindness uh, and, and, and other fairly obscure, uh, uh, severe parasitic diseases. It's been around a long time, and so it does have definite indications for parasites. Um, that's why the horses use it, frankly, in bigger doses. But, 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 uh, it really, this, this where it started to be effective in COVID prevention and COVID disease, I have no idea where that came from. Some obscure literature, Eastern Europe, um, it, journals that are not mainstream have brought it out. Um, but I, I'll tell you, uh, I'm nervous about, I'm watching people flock to this like they did to the hydroxychloroquine yeah. uh, earlier. And uh, there is a process that we use in the Western world to protect populations from, from, from movements like this. And that's why we have the FDA, and that's why we have regulatory mechanisms to protect people from complications that, that are, are, are not known. And so I tell people to be patient. Let's get this thing through the process. So far, those things don't seem to really be doing a whole lot. And, and please, I'm just telling this, I'm putting this out there, please don't have people send me links to, you know, <laughs> right. Dr. Dr. Smith in Ohio is talking about stuff. I mean, I, it, I don't really, it just doesn't get looked at because it's, it doesn't convince. But um, I just think the process needs to be respected and, and, and let it work. Um, there, are, there are reports, however, of toxicity associated with ivermectin use because people are going to farm supply and going to, to, to veterinarian uh, to, 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 and getting veterinary doses of this stuff, and, and that's not good. Yeah, and um, it's, the, it's the same people who won't take the vaccine, which I'm so interested by. Yeah, it's so it's a, it, there's an irony there. It yeah. Really yeah, okay. Someone yeah. recently asked me about sneezing being more of a sign in vaccinated people that might be associated with maybe asymptomatic or low-symptomatic COVID because it might be just staying in the nose, the vaccine's doing its thing, and it's just, are you noticing, have you heard or read anything with regards, this is just people passing chit-chat, so I'm just, I wanted to ask. Yeah, no, I, I, I'll tell you where that comes from. Okay. There, there, is a, there has been a report that in low-grade um, uh, COVID uh, infections, the clinical manifestation may be more like allergies, mm. and that's probably where that's coming from, okay. the sneezing, but I, I really don't take a whole lot of credence in it. If that, in fact, proves to be the case, that is another argument why we should be wearing the, 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 the diaper or the face diapers. The mask. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know, yeah. uh, because, because that really protects most of it. doesn't protect all of it, right. but at least it's partial is just there. Let me ask you, what kind of mask does Dr. Bravo have? I use, I use the surgical disposable mask at the office. The, those ones that you can throw away, and I get rid of it every, every day. I mean, it just, it, 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 it's just, it's not worth it. The, the only problem with that is everybody wears the same surgical masks, and so you don't know. I, I put my name on mine all the time. I put a little yeah. initial so I don't grab somebody else's. That's right. the thing to do. Yeah, good good for you. I love it. I tried one of those um, KN95s the other day. Lady I uh, Fancy had one of It was like this pink one, and it looks like you're wearing a beak, but I do like it in the sense that it puts a little bit more room in front of your mouth and nose. That was kind of nice. Yeah, that for, for me, it depends on your facial size, too. A lot of them are just so tight around exactly. your face. Exactly. And so that, that, that really is. Oh, I dude, mean, I, I, I got a big cranium. Those things do not feel good on me. I, <laughs> I got no. a big head. 
Yeah, no, same here. Same here. Uh, Dr. Renee Bravo, he's up and at him in the morning. I'm going to let you get back to your patience and to your practice because I want to make sure that next time I call you wanting you that you don't say, oh, man, he keeps me on too long. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm happy to do this. Take care, my friend. I really appreciate you, Dr. Bravo. Thank you. Bless you. And have a wonderful rest of your week, sir. All right. Take care. Wake up with Up and Adam in the morning. Mr. Up and Adam in the morning. What's happening, buddy? Hey, I'm just trying to tell you that this morning you are slaying it. Slaying it. I'm Up and Adam in the morning.